Welcome to In the Trenches, the podcast of the Michigan Freedom Fund. Here's your host, Tony Daunt. All right, and uh, welcome back to our uh, special edition of the In the Trenches podcast, a production of Michigan Freedom Fund. I'm Tony Daunt, Executive Director, and uh, very honored to have a special guest with us for this segment, uh, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky. And he's been doing great work on behalf of the citizens of Michigan uh, related to this pandemic and standing up for the legislature. And so we wanted to have him on and, and say a few words, speak about what he sees um, as kind of some of the good things maybe that have occurred over the last few weeks and maybe some of the challenges and things that could be done better. And so uh, Senator Shirky, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Tony, and thanks for the work you guys do. It's really, really important to uh, have that equalizing voice uh, in our state and in our nation. So uh, continue doing what you're doing. Thank you for letting me join you today. Uh, I would like to take just a moment to provide some context. Uh, when this virus uh, came to our shore, in this case, my definition of our shore is meaning coming to Michigan, uh, it became abundantly clear that some action was necessary. It also was equally abundantly clear that we didn't have much data. And the information we were getting from across the world was spotty at best, and most of it, particularly that coming from China, uh, was unreliable and maybe even dishonest. But I believe we were required to take action, and Governor Whitmer uh, did so. And nobody can, I, I, and myself in particular, uh, we could all have a different of difference of opinion on what to do, but the fact of the matter is there was some action that I think was absolutely appropriate. Did I like the fact that our only option was a one-size-fits-all model? No, I did not. But again, we didn't have enough information or actionable data to be able to uh, design something quick enough that made any sense. And so I was supportive, and I think uh, my partner in the legislature, Speaker Chaffield, was also supportive of taking quick action and trying to arrest the spread of this insidious uh, virus. But since then, over the course of a few weeks, we have learned more both from international information and experiences of others, plus our own real world experiences here. And what is it we learned? We learned that there's a couple of hotbeds in Michigan that were really problematic and have caused great havoc in a certain geographic area. And we've also learned that because of the actions, one size fits all actions, quite frankly, we've been able to, quote, uh, keep your fingers crossed here, knock on wood, been able to pretty well arrest the spread of this disease and this virus throughout the rest of the state. Now it's time for us to transition, I think, from a broad-based one-size-fits-all to a more strategic, more science-based, more risk-based, uh, more health-based uh, model where we allow some differentiation geographically and we also allow for some consideration given to the capacity of the industries that are critical, like the healthcare industry, uh, throughout the state. Uh, this last executive order that we experienced last week uh, I, I was hoping beyond hope that included in that would be some very uh, simple and strategic openings and freedoms that allowed some more people to go to work. Uh, and under the guise that I, that I believe there's plenty of opportunities in Michigan and across the nation, frankly, where people can work and be just as safe at work as they are at home. The fact of the matter is we've got lots of businesses that are actually practicing that. You have a lot of members that follow and fund the Freedom Fund that are exam prime examples of how they have figured out how to design their policies and protocols to keep their employees 
their customers, their supply chain, and their families safe. Some big companies and small companies are all doing that today. But we have the other side of the equation, that's the medical community and the health, public health community, whose, in, whose jobs by definition are to strive for zero risk. But we all know, particularly those of us that uh, uh, work in the business world, there's no such thing as zero risk. When we get up in the morning and put our feet on the floor, we're taking risk and we're taking risk the rest of the day. And there's only one guaranteed outcome if our, if our goal is zero risk, and that is we have exactly zero freedoms and zero liberties. So keeping that balance between protecting the health of people and also protecting the economy, which is a bigger driver of health than most people appreciate. Health, uh, working and having purpose in life is a prime, prime element of a healthy lifestyle. And we're now seeing evidence uh, surfacing even in Michigan where the depression and the other, the unintended consequences of a shutdown uh, have started to manifest themselves in mental health issues and unfortunately some spikes in suicides. Uh, there's a couple of townships and counties in Michigan that I will not, I'm not gonna identify the exact locations where they may have two or three suicides a year and they've had three in the last month, excuse me, in the last week, forgive me. And so that's not coincidental. And so that's a, it's a tough balance and uh, nobody, I am, I'm very, very careful of critiquing our governor on uh, the approach here because it's a tough spot to be in. Uh, the only thing I do wish we had is had more open dialogue between uh, the executive office and the legislature. Uh, we could have been of more help. Uh, we have, we have been, we have proven ourselves uh, worthy partners because many of the executive orders that have come out were flawed that we had a chance to help uh, correct some of those flaws before they got too far. This last one uh, was a complete surprise in terms of the additional restrictions. We did get a 24-hour notice on the first draft of this last stay home, safe, excuse me, stay home, stay safe executive order. But the final product had things in it that we didn't see in that original draft, and they were all related to further restrictions. That was problematic, and that's when the tide changed just a little bit, and it, time, it was time for us then to turn to the public and uh, ask for some help in driving the message home that, Governor, we know you've got a tough, balance, a tough job to do. We know it's a very delicate balance, but the, the, the livelihoods of people are as big a health driver as this virus is. And so trying to find that uh, narrow path to navigate is, is where we're at today. Well, and, you know, I, I think you, you hit on it, and, and we, we are happy to, to join that chorus of, of people um, asking for a more nuanced approach. And, you know, despite the, the wonderful job you've just done laying this out, you know, there still exists people who, who want to make this a exclusive discussion. And they immediately turn to this idea of, well, you know, if you want to go back to work, you're, you're just okay with people getting sick and dying. And it's particularly cynical and corrosive to the debate. And I'm, you know, how do you work to, to push back on that and, and let people know, no, it, it's not mutually exclusive. There are ways we can accomplish both of these um, simultaneously. Yeah, that, you're, you're exactly correct. In this last weekend, we saw evidence of how the ire of people who, once we started talking about nudging the governor toward being more open to slowly and surgically unrolling the economy, uh, you know, the naysayers came out and some of the language, languages was being used was uh, pretty dramatic and, and hurtful. Uh, I, I, 
you know, it's just what uh, happens in a society where we have uh, both a combination of free speech and the ability to sit in your underwear and be in a computer in somebody's basement and pound a keyboard away and get away with just about anything. So, you know, those two things go together. <laughs> interestingly, interestingly, let's just put it that way. And I will, I will point out for the listeners, all of us on this currently have pants on. So <laughs> yes, yes, that's indeed, that's indeed the fact, you know, so. Well, well, we know you're busy. We, uh, we very much appreciate your time um, walking through this. Um, keep up the good work. We, uh, we're thinking of you. We're praying for you and, uh, and for the health and recovery of Michigan. And uh, anytime you want to chat, we're here. Thank you, Tony, very much. Same to you. And uh, we're going to get through this. Don't worry. My last four words, live, love, work smartly. Awesome. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for joining us in the trenches. To learn more about the Michigan Freedom Fund, please visit our website at www.michiganfreedomfund.com and sign up for our weekly email, The Frontlines of Freedom. In the Trenches is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and SoundCloud. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell your friends. Thank you for listening.